Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans. Welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate and Aaron here with you for another edition of the show. And uh, today we have a couple of things going on. We're, first of all, we're going to talk about our favorite wrestlers of the 1980s, just within that decade. And we also have a neat little thing, Aaron. You want to tell them the other segment we're going to do today? Uh, it's um, Eric Bischoff is apparently making or attempting to make a Hulk Hogan movie and like a Hulk Hogan biopic and has um, cast the guy that plays Thor, Chris Hemsworth, as Hulk Hogan. And I understand that had people like in an up uproar. So I decided that Nate would select six people or six wrestling characters or whatever, Mm -hmm. and who would play them, and Nate gave me six, and we're going to go with that. Yes. I did not go, I did not go on mine, I did not go comedic, and I did not cast anyone who is dead. So. (laughs) Okay. Um, Um, Real quick. um, I actually, as, oh, go ahead. I've tried to do some social networking, which I'm not good at, but I've also tried to reach out to people that I've met through Facebook, not particularly met them and shook their hand, but through just social networking and invited them to like our page. And I didn't know if maybe mentioning their names was like a bad thing or not. No, you can. All right. Um, These are people that have liked our page since I've reached out, there's James Winter, Michael Harrick, Mike Phillips, Tony Duncan, Steve Solomon, Jason Greer, Ashley Simpson, and I hope to not mess up his name, Nellie J. Sherutt. So, thank you guys for liking our page. Welcome, gentlemen and ladies. Lady. Lady. And welcome to uh, being listeners of our show. We hope you like it, and we we uh, do appreciate feedback. If you ever want to give us any feedback, you can email at wecantwrestle@gmail.com at or just comment on our page. Uh, comment under when we post the podcast. Comment anywhere you want, you know. Um, but go ahead, and there's also a contest up on the page right now that I put up Which just I today. Won. So thank you. You just <laughs> dropped that off the house. I appreciate it. We're, uh, we're giving away an Al Snow vinyl figure uh, if you like and share our Facebook page with your friends. So we appreciate everybody's support. We have like 693 listeners now, so I appreciate each and every one of you for this uh, little labor of love we do for wrestling because we definitely don't make no money on the, uh, on the podcast. This is all uh, 
This is all just because we love wrestling. So, and I'm on here because I don't have to wake up tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I do, but not till late morning. All right, so let's talk about the decade of the 1980s in professional wrestling, and we will count down our 10 favorites of the 1980s. We just isolated that decade, so, you know, there's maybe a guy that we really like, but he hit his stride in the 90s or what have you. Um, Like, just as an example for me, even though he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and he did wrestle in the 80s. Kurt Henning isn't on this list because my peak time personally of being a fan of Kurt Henning is his 90s work. So anyway. Yeah, I, I would also like a Bret Hart. Right, exactly. Or Shawn Michaels even. Yeah. So I will let you go first if you want. All right. And I did a little bit of a – there's a couple on my list that – you might not agree with and I'll explain why. So I'm going to open up with the one that probably I don't think would be on your list. And it would be the rock and roll express. They, well, okay. So I'll tell you why. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that they didn't make my list, not because they wouldn't be on my list, but I went with singles wrestlers. I didn't do tag teams. I have another tag team on my list. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Eventually, we can do a tag teams thing, too, and open it up to that. But, no, they they are – the rock and rolls are one of the greatest – ten greatest tag teams, uh, definitely, of the 80s. And that's not not the reason I put them on my list. The reason I put them – the reason that I put them on my list was for – fact, like you just mentioned Shawn Michaels. Mm -hmm. Okay? They're on my list because in the 1980s – Every single territory in the 1980s had their own version of the Rock and Roll Express. Okay. Even 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 Vince. Yeah. He couldn't the Rock and Roll Express, so he invented or not invented. He scooped up the Rockers, or there were the Fabulous Ones, or there were the Fantastics. Their fucking gimmick. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. was synonymous in the 80s. Um, the, I, yes, because I was going to say, what I was going to compare it to is, you know, you can, you would compare it to like a, um, a Billy Graham as a singles wrestler, yeah. you know, like, like yeah. that so person. in the 80s, you, you couldn't get that team, so, hey, we're going to create our own. Right. So. So, yeah, the rock and rolls, I mean, you know, you, uh. You don't get much better than that, and you don't get much more, like you said, copied than that. I mean, the Fantastics, the Rockers, um, but you'd even that, see, you'd even see, like in like Northeast Independence and stuff. You know, it'd be like the, the, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to think of a funny name, but you'd see just two goofy yeah, fucks, like <laughs> two goofy fucks dressed up like Ricky and Robert, and they're like the, you know, Pop Lock and Roll Express or something. <laughs> yeah. So what's your next, your, not next, your first one? Number 10, a man who I think did his best work in the 80s um, from the mid-Atlantic days through the WWF, then back to the NWA, had one of the great trilogies in wrestling ever, is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. All right. His trilogy with Ric Flair, um, he had, 
If you if anybody ever gets a chance on the WWE Network to go back and watch old mid mid Atlantic wrestling, um, watch him like you know you you don't think about it or I didn't think about it when I was younger. Didn't even know about it when I was younger. I didn't realize that Ricky Steamboat had a past that went back to like the seventies. You know what I mean? And yeah. he was you know by the time the eighties rolled around, he was He's actually like young blood and all that. Yeah, well not the eighties, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and he he. By the time the '80s rolled around, he was he was almost a veteran. Him and Ric Flair both. And then by the end of the '80s, I mean, they were just lighting it up in the NWA. Um, did some great work in the WWE uh, back in the '80s. You know, WrestleMania three, his match with Steve, with Savage is pined as one of the greatest uh, matches of all time. Um, he it had, was hokey as shit. But yeah. you look at it; it's fun when he's like trying to learn how to speak again. Mm-hmm. After and, getting dropped off the, or dropped onto the guardrail and all that shit, it's good stuff. And as far as the WWF goes, I also really enjoy his feud with Jake Roberts. Um, yeah. And it, like I said, you know, his team with Youngblood, I did not appreciate that stuff when I was younger. And I go back now and I watch it because even when I would see footage of it and stuff when I was younger, you know, I'd think, well, that's weird. These two guys don't really fit. You know, but then you go back later in life and you watch that territory wrestling and you look at the actual context of the stories and everything and how stories were told differently then. And it makes sense. And they were a great tag team. And yeah, yeah. I just think overall, the 1980s, Ricky had a great body of work and um, he's my number 10. All right. Well, I didn't have to scratch him off my list. So, um, am I going next? Yeah. Number All right. Nine. Um, Next person on my list is a person that I would say is super synonymous with the 80s, and it's Bobby Heenan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bobby Heenan was... He's not on your list? No, because I just did wrestlers. Oh, God. Well, Bobby I, Heenan was a wrestler. I did singles wrestlers and, and uh, not tag teams, and I didn't have any any, wrestl- any personalities or managers on there. But that doesn't and, matter. It's and, your own personal list, so... I didn't think I had parameters, but like, I, I didn't give you I think any '80s wrestling. I think of Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan is Bobby Heenan is you like when you think, think when you wrestling. yeah when you think of '80s wrestling, the first, I think of Bobby the fucking Brain Heenan. He's the best. Yeah, I mean he's up there with the, you know, you think of Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, Mean Gene, and Bobby Heenan. And I think Bobby Heenan, and then everybody else like that guy. You could put that guy with any like he could be like the you could you could take like the biggest baby face in the world and he's just like oh uh, we all love him he's the best and then the minute he's associated with Bobby Heenan <laughs> that entire I was like you're a fucking asshole Andre the Giant yeah that's what I'm saying like Bobby Heenan got nuclear heat and could make anybody a heel but at the same time you were like you know what i fucking love this guy. yeah oh yeah like you just watch watch um when they had an audience on tnt or they had an audience on primetime wrestling you know bobby heenan comes out and everybody boos but everybody also laughs at every one of bobby <laughs> heenan's jokes everything he said is funny <laughs> everything he says is funny as shit and like one of my favorite stories and it's, like one of my favorite jokes ever is I was just watching a uh, fucking primetime wrestling 
and Gorilla Monsoon wasn't available, so Vince McMahon was on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Vince McMahon was like, "We're gonna go to this next match," and I can't re- I can't remember where the match was at, so we're just gonna say Madison Square Garden. And Vince McMahon was like, "We're gonna go to this next match, and it's gonna involve a newcomer named Sandy Beach." And Bobby Heenan goes, "I know his sister," and Vince is like, "His sister?" And he goes, "Yeah, Kitty Litter." <laughs> And it's a stupid joke. It's funny as shit. (laughs) And when I say it, it's stupid. But Bobby Heenan says it, and it cracks my ass up. It's phenomenal. One of my favorite stories to watch someone tell, or one of my favorite descriptions of Heenan to watch someone tell, and I think it's because he was also this guy that told the story, was also a master of psychology. But if you watch the Bobby Heenan DVD set, um, I don't... It's either the Heenan DVD set or the Greatest Wrestling Stars of the 80s DVD set. One of the two. Arn Anderson talks about yeah. Bobby, Bobby Heenan just having to head. turn his head. Like, the, you know, you, you, and then they show the clips of it and stuff, and it was such a subtle little thing that you don't notice it, but there it is. Yeah. In my opinion, and I, I should have put him, I should have said him last. But in my opinion, Bobby Heenan's the greatest star of the 1980s, wrestling-wise. He's the greatest star of the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mean, I could cripple up my list and just throw it in the trash and not <laughs> say anything else, which I'm not going to, but to me, that's... He's the epitome. Yeah, he's the epitome. He's the, he's the end-all, be-all of it. And a lot of times for the WWF, when you really think about it, for the WWF in the 80s... Um, whether you realized it or not, through managerials, through his relationships with other wrestlers and managers, through his commentary, through the 80s, Bobby Heenan was the glue that held everything together. Yeah, Bobby's the best. Mm, Anything more on Bobby? Well, it would be a five-hour program. Yeah, we could do a whole show. Um, Next on my list... Number nine, um, this is one of those guys where you have to take the uh, the person out and, f- and focus on the art. But if I'm talking about the 1980s and professional wrestling, I'm giving my number nine nod to Jake the Snake Roberts. Finding out, you know, I mean, everything you know about Jake, and he's a douchebag personally and everything, I don't think anybody can deny his work. Um, he's like the Michael Jackson of wrestling. <laughs> yeah, like really talented guy. Love his work. Real douchebag. Yeah, he's horrible. <laughs> but he's I mean, a horrible person. His psychology, and I mean, he's another one you watch. You go back to the territories, like like Mid Atlantic, World Class, um, uh, Mid South. Everywhere he went, he made an impact. He was a fantastic performer. And then in the WWF in the eighties, granted. You know, you had, I mean, you had like an air, you had Hogan Warrior Savage, and then right there underneath in that next stratosphere of baby faces was Jake Roberts. Yeah. And he just, you know, great feuds with, with DiBiase. Um, like I said earlier, with Rick Steamboat. I even dig his feud with the Honky Tonk Man. You know, just Jake made everything that he did mean something and was really good. I mean, one of the cool, edgier feuds that they did in the 80s that was not as kiddy as the rest of everything else was Jake Roberts and Rick Rude. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, so for me, Jake is up there. He's number nine on my list. And his big feud with uh, Crack. <laughs> he, he, he couldn't beat that one. <laughs> that one knocked his teeth out, actually. Yeah. <laughs> At that time, the only feud he could beat was his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I sure am glad I brought him up. <laughs> uh, the next bird. <clears throat> am I going next? Yep, you're number eight. All right, my number eight. Like I said, it's not in any order. Is Roddy Piper. And bam, somebody takes one off somebody's list. Go ahead. Roddy Piper. And I said that Bobby's like the epitome of the 80s. Mm-hmm. But... He was a manager, so and I know you said you know you didn't think about managers. So, if I had not like Bobby off my list because he was a manager, Roddy Piper would be the in-ring equivalent of Bobby Heenan. He was a he. He was just a bastard, <laughs> and it was great. Like he was just the shittiest, like smarmiest loudest uh, he was like a loud mouth to, uh, like to me my favorite people in wrestling are people that have a huge mouth that mm. hide yeah and that's what Piper did in the 80s like he hid like he would hide behind like like in the 80s he hid he hot yeah sorry I just stepped over my tongue like WrestleMania one, he was like hiding behind like Bob Orton and Paul Orndorff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He he'd like talk a big game, and then Andre would come and pick him up and slam him down on the table. Feet first, it, it like well, Piper. Like, also, if you watch him in in the NWA, you know when he was a heel in the NWA, he would you know he'd be talking some shit about Jack Briscoe, and then. Jack Briscoe would come out and Piper would continue to talk shit, but he would put David Crockett in front of him and he would stand on the other side of that table. And then when Jack Briscoe got really pissed off, Roddy Piper would just be gone. (laughs) Piper was the man. And, and even when he became a, when he became a face, he was like a badass face, Mm -hmm. but he was still like, to me, the rap that Piper had was the best. Yes. Like, yes. yeah, he was. He was. Um, he was in the same. I mean, you you, you would have to say that so, nobody. Pro, I mean, and we're again. I'm talking about WWF because um, you know Ric Flair had the rap too, and Bobby Heenan. Well, Bobby Heenan's different. We're, if we're not taking Bobby Heenan in the equation, yeah. but I'm gonna say if you're if you're talking about just that 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 cocky makes you want to punch him in his smug face you know another guy wouldn't come along in the wwf like piper until the rock yeah you know like some of my favorite moments in the night like watching the 1980s is piper's pit and there was nobody else at all on that roster 
that would have been able to, there's one guy that might have been able to pull it off but there's nobody other than like a Don Morocco mm. that would have been able to like do like a a Piper's Pit type segment. Frankie Williams, man. I'm a from a Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> oh, you're a from a Columbus, Ohio. He just smacks him in the face. <laughs> Woo, shit. <laughs> or when Salvatore Belomo comes out and he's like, the junkyard dog is hurt. And he's like, I understand the junkyard dog's hurt, you dumb wop. And then he just smacks <laughs> him in the face. It's fucking great shit. Two times, two times, two times. Two times, two times. Like, yeah, fucking Piper sitting there and fucking... Who better would you watch TNT? Honestly, when you sit and watch all those people that go out there on TNT, other than Fred Blassie, who I didn't put on my list... Because he was like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Other than Fred Blassie, who could go toe-to-toe with Vince McMahon on TNT better than fucking Roddy Piper? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Roddy Piper, uh, Roddy Piper was... Uh, I mean, that's always been a story, too, that those two always tried to do, outdo each other like... Uh, and then he's um, like, ah, oh, Mr. T's out here with his gnarly bristles. <laughs> like, fucking Piper would say some crazy shit and you just let it go because you know what? That's he's Roddy Piper. Piper. <laughs> it's great. Well, Piper was my number seven. So we will say now I'll go to my number eight. A guy who was a, I mean, a, I think a much better heel than a baby face, but also in New York when he was a baby face, he was super over there too. And he was one of the only good things about late eighties, AWA. And that would be Sergeant Slaughter. Er- I almost er- Sergeant Slaughter on my list. Early eighties heel Sergeant Slaughter is fucking amazing. Like that guy was a heat seeking missile. And he's one of the great, like, he's one of the great gimmicks of wrestling because you know a great gimmick is like an Undertaker or a Big Boss Man or a Sergeant Slaughter where you say that's a, that's a gimmick, but it's not a wrestling dentist. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a gimmick. Exactly. It's a gimmick that that man carried so well that you believed every single minute of it. And his promos were great. And um, I love the shit in in Mid Atlantic when he had private when he had his privates and it. <laughs> oh, Bob! No, Bob Cotta would be like, "Oh, up next, we're gonna see Sergeant Slaughter's privates." <laughs> Whoa, Bob! Like but, Bob Cronodal, uh, Don Cronodal. You know, one of the big mysteries. I'm gonna ask Jim Cornette this on his podcast. I'm gonna email. Was was half people called him Don Cronodal and half people called him Don Cronoodle. Like, was that a rib? Or, I mean, what's the dude's real fucking name? But anyway, um, yeah, Sergeant Slaughter, like I said, I think he's one of the best of the 80s, consistent. Um, he wasn't like a technician or anything, but he also never had a bad match. You know, he always, like, every match that he was in, yeah, it was a brawl, but it was a damn good brawl. And, um... Uh, great feud with Pat Patterson, and like I said, I mean, if you if you if you suffer yourself through AWA, 
he was one of the shining. He was one of the only shining things about the AWA in the eighties, also. So, I don't know if you have anything more on Slaughter, but uh, he, like I said, he I almost put him on my list just because of the fact that he's like an iconic character and he was a GI Joe. Mm-hmm. And... It would have been interesting to see what what happened with him in the Hogan era had him and Vince not had that falling out. And so we'll say he told Vince, like, fuck off. <laughs> I'm going to take my G.I. Joe money and... Maggot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ram it up your ass. But... All right. All right, so your number seven, then. Is the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Nope. Popped off my list now. Ted DiBiase is uh, my favorite heel of the 80s. And he was number three on my list. So, um, But yeah, Ted DiBiase, I definitely agree with you. Um, possibly, out of all the... The re- epitome of the 80s. Possibly the... I mean... I don't know, because it, I mean, it's hard, because you don't want to knock a Steamboat or a Ric Flair, but Ted DiBiase is probably the best technician of the 1980s. Like, as far as being able to have a good match with absolutely anybody. I'm not even anybody, talking about matches. The Well, yeah. And, I mean, the, the, yeah, the Million Dollar Man gimmick is, is the best That's heel gimmick. I'm talking about the gimmick. The Million Dollar Man gimmick is the best heel gimmick ever. I'm just talking about in the 80s. Like, if you were looking at it at a realistic level, mm. the Million Dollar Man in the 80s had all the blow <laughs> and all the women. And, like, you would walk into that guy's house and he's like, pa, ha, 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 ha. And it would just, it would look <laughs> like Christmas time and there'd just be titties everywhere and, like, started off the mirror. <laughs> Take the money. Take the money. And he's just, like, throwing that shit out there. He's like Michael Douglas on Wall Street. Just, ah. And then he gets, and then he gets in the ring, and he's the best wrestler too. Yeah, you know. And then that's and why then I said he's like, the greatest heel. This guy's is the best businessman in the world. And then he punches out, and then it's like, pa ha ha, more coke, <laughs> whatever. Like he, like the Million Dollar Man is the epitome of the eighties. The Million Dollar Man bought the title from a giant. Yeah, and, and that character, and I, I know I was joking about like cocaine and all that yeah. shit. But you look at the character, that guy, Ted DiBiase, Mike DiBiase, whatever, his character is exactly like, like, how do I want to say it? The bodaciousness of the 80s. Like if the, the 80s decadence was a of person. The, yeah, the decadence of the 80s personified. If the 80s was a person, it would be the million dollar man. <laughs> Like, if the 80s came down and, like, the lightning and the thunder hit, and then, oh, the 1980s forms out of the ground, it would be Ted DiBiase. He'd have his beard and his, like, feathered blonde hair. (laughs) He'd just be like, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) It would be Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. That guy is the epitome of the 80s. Absolutely. Well, my number black my, manservant. My number seven <laughs> <laughs> was Roddy Piper. So we already talked about him. 
So who was your number six? Oh, all right. I didn't know we were going to do that. I thought you were going to do another one after you did that. Um, my next one would be Dusty Rhodes. Also on my list, the American Dream, baby. Dusty Rhodes was actually my number five. Um, Dusty Rhodes has the best promos oh, of the 80s. Goodness. Can you hear that? Yes, what is that, a cat? That is two cats. Oh. <laughs> two cats doing a little something-something, baby. Yeah, <laughs> Talking about the American Dream. Two cats, fuck it. <laughs> Uh, that came shit. up on my that came up on my microphone. Yes, I heard it. I, I spent fifty dollars on this microphone, <laughs> so apparently it, was, it did good. It is it. not cat. It is not cat. It, it, it's not uh, noise canceling though, so it's not cat fucking resistance. But the the American Dream. I mean, the Hard Times promo, FEMA, baby. The Dusty Roads Hard Times promo may be the best promo of the eighties. Oh yeah. The hot times on my family. Yeah, <laughs> Dusty. I mean, it's, it's and, just... and that that's like where the billion dollar man comes up out of the ditch, or not comes out of the ditch, comes out of the ground, mm-hmm. and spreads his cocaine all around. Now, fucking Dusty Rhodes got to shovel that shit behind him. So <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, he's got to shovel the shovel the cocaine out so fucking dollar man doesn't get stuck in his driveway. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> That was weird. <laughs> but Dusty, I was, more, I was more confused about these two cats over here. Dusty is um, one of the most entertaining performers of all time. Anybody that listens to this show knows he's one of my favorites of all time. The American Dream. And he epitomized, him and Flair epitomized the NWA in the 80s. And then in the late 80s, he went to the WWF. And a lot of people pine that run, but I actually love that run in the WWF. I thought he was very entertaining. And... He, he even even, like, even if what they were throwing at him was supposed to be a rib, which I really don't believe it was, um, he did the best with it. He's the he was the man. I'm a big fan. Okay, I'm a big fan of Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire. And I don't know if this was in was it in the '80s when Dusty and Sapphire feuded with Macho Man and Sherry. Well, it was it's yeah. Like I mean, it was it was it was eighties going into the nineties, yes. Because they and then they, they had their blow off at WrestleMania six. So you know, you're talking that three months into ninety. So yeah, and like Dusty and Sapphire versus Savage and Sherry, and then I'm like a huge fan of like DiBiase buying. Sapphire. Sapphire away. Like, I, I'm a huge fan of that. That's mm-hmm. some of my... That shit is super entertaining. Yeah. And I know yeah. it's not the 80s, but... Well, I mean, it you know, it bled into the 90s, but still, I mean, that gimmick. And, I mean, he even had a good feuds with Honky Tonk and the Boss Man, you know, his first couple feuds in the WWF, and those were, yeah. the, those were 89. So... I mean, but yeah, I mean, if you think about... If you think about the NWA... And I love him, like, you know... Flair is the like Dusty's the Boston Celtics and Flair is the like LA Lakers, you know, that type of shit. Mm-hmm. It's all good shit. Like Dusty du- like if you look at Dusty Rhodes, he's fucking 1980s, man. Yep. He's got his black shades and 
Um, trucker hat. Yeah, trucker <laughs> hat. And we're all a stratosphere made for me and you, baby. <laughs> I come up out the ditch looking so sweet. Well, that's from, that's the, that's the, that's 70s. from the 70s, but whatever. Yeah. Stardust. That's good shit. Stardust, baby. All right, so your number six was Dusty, my and my number six is... He may or may not be on your list. I don't know if he will be on your list or not. My number six favorite wrestler of the 80s, Jerry the King Lawler. He was not on my list. Jerry the King Lawler. Choice. Jerry the King Lawler was the, I mean, he was the epitome of Memphis wrestling, which is one of my favorite promotions ever. Um, he had his his amazing angle with Andy Kaufman in the 80s. Um and, you know, I mean, a lot of the 80s was like a lot of Memphis. You know, he ran through crazy-ass big heels, and he went, won the title like 413 times. But you didn't care because it was Jerry Lawler. Like, Jerry Lawler and Memphis wrestling is almost its own universe in wrestling. Yeah. And he was he was the man in that promotion. You know, it was Jerry Lawler and Lance Russell, and everybody else was just kind of a bit player, you know, coming in and out and what have you. But, I mean, in his feud with... Uh, with um, um, shit. His feuds with Bill Dundee. D. I mean, his feuds with Bill Dundee, which is really, honestly, most of the only Bill Dundee stuff. I'm not a huge Bill Dundee fan, Daddy, but I like his feuds with uh, I like his feuds with Lawler. Um, yeah, go ahead. You were gonna say something. I cut you off. Well, like the Kaufman thing. It was like late, like really, really early, really, really early '80s, eighty mm-hmm. two, eighty three. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I can't really speak much to Lawler in the 80s because I, I'm i a bigger fan of him in, like, I'm not saying I'm not, like, a Lawler fan. Yeah. But, like, in the 80s, he was, like, 85, 25% of face. I'm a bigger Lawler heel fan. Right. Like I like Lawler as a, I prefer Lawler when he was a when he's a dick. If you have not, if you have not, and you ever get it, if you ever get a chance, anybody, including you, Aaron, I don't know if you've watched any of it or not, but if you ever get a chance to try to locate on YouTube or wherever you can, Jerry Lawler's feud slash feuds with Austin Idol in the '80s in Memphis, fantastic stuff. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like I said, I put Lawler on my list. Do you list know what my and... favorite, like, <laughs> I shouldn't say favorite, but cracks me up the most, like, <laughs> like, Lawler not in the WWF thing is? The ECW stuff? No. Okay. I mean, it, it makes me laugh, but Kamala sings. Yeah. <laughs> With the little guitar and the hit come up. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> that was all I had, really. Just the King of Memphis, Jerry the King Lawler, my number six. Um, my number five was Dusty Rhodes, so we'll ask you who your number five was. Number five, because my number five was Dusty, which we already talked about Dusty. So your number five is? And he is not somebody that... I consider a great human being or even a great wrestler, but he is 
somebody that I will say captivated an 80s audience and it's the ultimate warrior. Yes. He's not on my list, but I will give you that. I mean, he like between between his intensity and the WWF's promotional machine the ultimate warrior is is a, is a, is a, a what a stamp like a, an epitome of the 80 of 80s wrestling yeah and you know blood pumping through the veins those yeah. those whacked out promos um very you know he was he was just, he, he was kind of like um he, he was great in small doses like if his matches were kept when his matches were kept short um, or if he could be in the ring with a good worker like a Rick Root or a Ted DiBiase that could that could get a good match out of him, or even Hogan, you know, at their. Like, let me put it this way: when I was a kid, I thought the Ultimate Warrior was the greatest thing of all time. Mm-hmm. More than Hogan, because Hogan but, had Hogan had the charisma and the ability on his own. More than Hogan, to me, the Ultimate Warrior is a testament to the promotional and like I I thought the ultimate warrior was the greatest thing of all time <laughs> and then I got older and I was like oh my god <laughs> this guy is a fucking piece of shit train wreck <laughs> and I'm glad he's dead <laughs> like I am glad that he died in Arby's parking lot you Hulk Hogan. Yeah, he, he like he was completely terrible, and I look at him now, and I'm like, this guy was a fucking dumpster fire. Yeah, but when you're looking at but, him through kids' eyes. But when I was five years old, I was I was like, like oh, like I was <laughs> jacked when he came out. But I look at him now, and I'm like, I I want to David Carradine myself every time I see him wrestle. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, anything else on the Warrior? Nope. Me neither. Number four. Who's your number four? No, you go first. Oh, sorry. That was the awkward silence you can (laughs) mark. Mark for edit. Mark for edit. Um... Or leave in for comedic purposes, one of the two. The Road Warriors. And I put them on my list for the same reason that I put the Rock and Roll Express on my list. Because they were super um, copied. Yes. Throughout the 80s. Like, the end of the end. Any, the... any territory that wanted to have a. A like monstrous tag team, they they mocked or not mocked, you know what I mean? Copied yeah. the Road Warriors. Fuck the NWA even made a copy of the Road Warriors when the Road Warriors were still there. Powers yeah, of Pain. Um, the Road Warriors were were intense, and and in it, I'm not I'm not I don't want to say they were like the Ultimate Warrior because the Ultimate Warrior, like you said, was garbage, but. 
do you see what I'm saying? Like as far as the intensity and stuff goes, you know, they had yeah, that. But they Animal had, and Hawk could work. Yes, that's what, I, and that's why I said I didn't want to. I didn't want to lump them in. I was just trying to use as an example. They were that intensity, like the Ultimate Warrior was when they were on. It was the TV show was intense. You yeah, know? like Animal. Animal is a guy, and and Hawk was good too. I think Animal is a sleep like when like you know when people talk about like big guy wrestlers that can move mm-hmm. I think I think Animal is a sleeper like not a lot of people not not um, uh, not a lot of people talk about him in the same respect that they talk about like um Akeem and the big boss man and Bam Bam Bigelow fucking Animal he watches matches. That dude could fucking go mm-hmm. for and being I, as 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 built like like as I don't want to say stocky, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I know you and I have discussed this before. We part ways on this a little bit. I don't look. I don't look at the Road Warriors as one of the greatest tag teams of all time, but I do look at them as one of the greatest attractions of all time. And in the 80s, they were definitely, you know, right there with Flair and Rhodes as the, one of the NWA's biggest attractions. And one of those things that where you think of the NWA in the 1980s, you think of the Road Warriors. Like, I think of the Road Warriors more as NWA wrestlers than I ever would have WWF wrestlers. I do too, but they're also the carbon copy for any, like, this is going to be the badass tag team that's just going to come out and fuck some people up. Mm-hmm. And and it's the same way I said with like the Rockers, or not the Rockers, but the Midnight Express, ah, the Rock and Roll Express, that it's a tag team that gets copied so much. Mm-hmm. And you're and right. it's still getting copied today. They, and, and and you know, like I said, you have like. You'd see, like, in PWI or whatever, you'd see, like, indie show reports and be like, the uh, the Highway Fighters defeated. <laughs> and it was just a copy of the Road Warriors. Yeah, and, and some of my favorite shit to see is sitting back and watching NWA World Championship Wrestling in that little fucking studio mm-hmm. and, like, Randy Barber... And Mike one Jackson. of the Wookiee brothers are just standing there, and then all of a sudden it's like, "I am Iron Man," and those two guys just go, "Fuck!" <laughs> and then for like a minute and thirty seconds, it's just Animal and Hogs just beating the fuck out of them. It's fantastic, and fucking David Crockett's just like, "Yeah." Yeah. Get him! Look it! Get him! Look it! Look it! Look it! Look it, Tony! <laughs> it's great shit. Road Warriors! Clothesline! Took I him down! Neck. Took him down! Look it! Look it! <laughs> That's good shit. <laughs> David Crockett's entire commentary is just a bunch of little sound bites. Like. <laughs> David Crockett's commentary is exactly how I feel when I'm hammered and I watch <laughs> Dragon the Road Warriors beat up a Mulkey brother. <laughs> I'm like, look it. And I just realized I'm just talking to my potato chip bag. <laughs> I'm just like, look it. Uh, uh. 
It's just a potato chip bag. But I'm just still like, look at they're fucking this guy up. <laughs> All right. My number four of the 80s is probably the biggest star of the 1980s in wrestling. But he comes in number four on my list, and that is Hulk Hogan. Steve Gutenberg. Oh. <laughs> biggest wrestling star of the 1980s. Hulk I gotta cross off Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Um, I mean, when you think 80s wrestling, you think Hulk Hogan. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody can deny it. That he is, I mean, you know, him and Austin are probably 1A and 1B as far as the biggest stars in the history of the business. And Hulk Hogan captured the imagination of a generation. He brought fans to professional wrestling that would not have been professional wrestling fans. And I get very mad when people this try is... to, like, like, disrespect Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I, I do t- his his, uh, you know, it, not 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 Terry Barella. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Terry Barella has some things that aren't great about him, but like when people are like, "I hated Hulk Hogan," it's like, "No, you didn't. <laughs> you fucking love that motherfucker." Like, don't tell me that you didn't like Hulk Hogan in the nineteen eight. You became a fucking wrestling fan because of Hulk Hogan because that guy was the fucking man. And I, I don't mean to shit on anybody that listens to this show that was a wrestling fan in the eighties or I mean in the seventies, but I mean if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pick whether I'm gonna watch Hulk Hogan or whether I'm gonna watch Bruno or Bob Backlund, I'm most definitely gonna watch Hulk Hogan. Cause I I have respect for Bruno Sammartino, but Bruno Sammartino bores the shit out of me. Anybody that is between the ages of thirty three, like I'm saying, like right now, mm-hmm. anybody that's between the ages of like thirty three and forty five as a wrestling fan that says I didn't like Hulk Hogan is a fucking liar. <laughs> you were a Hulkamaniac just like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was. That guy was the fucking man, and he's the reason you watch fucking wrestling. Mm-hmm. Am I saying now, as a 36-year-old, that I sit down and watch one of his matches and go, oh, man, that was a Matt Classic? No. But when I was a kid, I was like, god damn, Hulk Hogan's the fucking man. But still, even now at 40, I can sit down and watch a Hulk Hogan match, and maybe I might not say it was a Matt yeah. Classic, but I'm still going to be entertained. Still entertained. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. So anybody that tells you, "Oh, when I was when I was 14, I said fuck Hulk Hogan." No, you were a fucking fan. <laughs> when I, you fucking moron. When you I, fucking like him. When I was when I was eight, I preferred Bill Watts Mid South Wrestling to Hulk Hogan. Sure, you did. <laughs> No, you were eating Laffy Taffy, and you were enjoying Hulk Hogan. Eating a WWF ice cream bar. Yeah. <laughs> On the goddamn stoop, you piece of shit. You fucking like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> All right, who's your number three? We've we've decided that people that didn't like that say they didn't like Hulk Hogan in the eighties, they're lying sacks of shit. Fucking assholes. <laughs> You're number three. My number three is his caveman cousin, and it's Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah. Uh, we'll knock Randy off my list there. 
Randy Savage, you're number three. Um, I, I really honestly, and I, I, I was, I was going to bring this up in a, in a wrestling uh, group that we're both in the other day, and I, I didn't post it, but was there a wrestler in the '80s that had more pure God-given charisma than Randy Savage? There's only one. Randy Savage. It would, it would it would be only comparable. It's the last person I'm going to mention on my list. But he's he's a borderline to the next guy. Randy Savage, just to me, like, all right, spoiler alert, he's my number one of the 80s, Randy Savage. Yeah. And it's... It's funny because we were just talking about, you know, back, you know, you're looking through at something through kids' eyes. Like you said, Ultimate Warrior when you were a kid was the man, or, you know, he was the shit. Now you realize, ugh, Jesus. Savage with me. When I was younger, I always liked Randy Savage, but I didn't think Randy Savage was my favorite. And now as I watch things through older eyes and have, have more knowledge of the business and, and just know more than I knew. Then I watch Randy Savage and I'm more captivated than I was. Then that dude was an an amazing entertainer. And you know what? He's one of those guys that was made to be in Vince McMahon's WWF. Like that, I like what? I like some of Randy Savage's stuff in the '90s and WCW, like his feud with Page and blah blah blah. But Randy Savage is a WWF guy to me, just like I said. The Road Warriors are NWA. You know, Randy Savage. Is, but Randy Savage also trans. Like I'm gonna say this. I liked Pimp Randy Savage. <laughs> yeah. Like everything that Randy Savage ever did was great. <laughs> was great. Yeah, he never did anything bad. Even when he was put into bad shit, like some of the booking they did with him and Flair in WCW in the nineties, those two still made fucking chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know, yeah, it was great stuff. And and, and you can't. Nobody. One, one of my favorite feuds in the history of professional wrestling is Randy Savage, like I said it earlier, is Randy Savage and um, um, Sherry Martell versus Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking feud. Mm-hmm. It's great shit. And when the-, the Macho Man and Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, the Mega Powers explode... That might be, honestly, the greatest written feud of all time. I was just about to say that. Like, I if, think... if you look, like, if you go, like, if you would be a historian and, you, and you'd look back at, like, you'd, you, if you took that feud from WrestleMania 5 and rewound it to WrestleMania 4. Yeah. Or, and, and then watched it all back, you'd see all the little things... I that went into it, and it's like this is the most integral feud of fucking all time. I was and just, it's fucking amazing. I was just about to say that. I was about to say Hogan and Savage leading between WrestleMania four and WrestleMania five is the greatest build up to a main event of a WrestleMania ever. 
and then if you go and after the that, ma- like the match is really good that, too. Like, yeah, and then if you go after that, the fucking Steamboat Savage feud, it's great. And I get pissed off when I hear people talk about like, oh, Randy Savage wanted to plan out all his matches and make him this, that, and that, and they do fucking snug and shit. It's like, oh, well, oh, well, oh, fuck that guy for when they like, you know. <laughs> fuck him for wanting to be good at his job. Yeah, good at his job and wanting to make sure what I'm looking at looks fantastic. You know, fuck him. It's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> and also, if you if you don't... He had fantastic hats. And also, if you're a wrestling fan and you don't have an emotional reaction to the reunion of Randy Savage and Elizabeth, you're not a wrestling fan. Yeah, or... And not even that, like, it's not the 1980s, but when, um, when he's, like, the snake bites him, mm-hmm. and, and, and that, that's a cool thing, but do you know what, like, my favorite Macho Man thing is? What's that? It's Tuesday in Texas, when Randy beats him. Mm-hmm. But he can't get, like, Jake keeps beating him up and he can't pick, get back up and fucking Jake smacks Elizabeth and, and Randy can't fight back and all that shit, you know? Yeah. And he's just trying to get to Liz. And it, like, the macho man, Randy Savage, Miss Elizabeth, entire story arc is great. Yep. One of the greatest stories in wrestling ever told. And yeah, like I said, I mean, Randy is my favorite wrestler of the 80s, personally, so that's the spoiler for my list, but ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. First name macho, last name man. Check the boots. <laughs> <laughs> Love me some macho man Randy Savage. So, that was your number three. My number three was a man we already talked about, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, my favorite heel of the 80s. So who is your number two? Well, my number two would be like my last one, right? Well, who is yeah. your yeah. huh? Who is your number two on your list? Well, he'd be my last one because I've scratched a bunch of shit off. Hmm. <laughs> but anyway, this is my last one. So I don't know about your math, but this is my last guy. Mm-hmm. You ready? Yeah, because uh-huh. yeah, I only have one left, too. Because Randy Savage was my number one. So, uh, this would be... Well, this guy's my number one. And he is my number two, because I'm going to guarantee you that we have the same guy here. So, Is it Ric Flair? It is. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, Randy Savage and Ric Flair. Uh, Randy Savage is my number one, and Flair was my number two. I'll let you talk about your favorite wrestler of all time, Ric Flair. Ric Flair is the greatest motherfucker that's ever existed. <laughs> he got that Ric Flair drip. Yeah. <laughs> he is the best. Like, he's the most pimp motherfucker <laughs> that's ever existed in the history of anybody. And, like, he should not be alive. <laughs> but he is. 
and in the 1980s, like, like if you look at anything, it's like he's the best. Like, even when I was a kid, even when I was like five years old, I was like, "This guy's the man." This guy's. Cool. And then the older, like the older I get, I hear stories of him just taking a Rolex and throwing it in spaghetti and being like, "Fuck it." <laughs> I got five of them. I got five of this. I got five of these motherfuckers. You know, like I didn't know about that. <laughs> I was just a kid living on Chestnut Street. I had no fucking idea. But this human being is the greatest human being to ever exist. You think about it's all uh, my- you, you think about Flair when you think about eighties wrestling, really, you think about Hogan and Flair. First of all. Secondly, you think about all of the people, especially, especially in entertainment that are in our age group and of our generation that are inspired and even generation prior are inspired. Something inspired them about Ric Flair. You know what I mean? Like Snoop Dogg or I mean, whoever Ric Flair had a lasting impression on not just people in professional wrestling, but on entertainment. And I mean, you you say the name Ric Flair, people know who the fuck you're talking about. Even if they're not a wrestling fan, they knew who the fuck Ric Flair is. And he is, you know, he had fantastic matches in the 80s. Um, pretty much ruled the roost as far as, you know, we talked about how Hogan was the entertainer. If Hogan was the top entertainer, then at the end of the day, Flair was the top wrestler, you know, and Flair was an entertainer. And yeah. that that gimmick, not even a gimmick, living the gimmick, just being Ric Flair, like you said, he's just, I mean, he is, he, there's no, um, the greatest thing about Ric Flair's gimmick is there's no difference between the Ric Flair gimmick and Ric Flair. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's who he is. That's who Ric Flair is and was and will always be until he, out, until he outlives. <laughs> This will be our sign-off for this segment. He's the best. <laughs> well, there it is. Our favorite. I just, I just think Ric Flair is the greatest. Like, like I understand what Lincoln did for people. <laughs> like, I understand it. Like, Lincoln did really good. But, like, Ric Flair to me is... How do I want to say it? Like, like you know like where people will be like oh if you could go back in time and meet somebody and they're like oh I'd like to meet Neil Armstrong to find out how it was to walk on the moon or I'd like to meet fucking 
George Washington, and know what it was like to cross the Delaware, or I'd like to meet um, whoever. I, I want to meet Ric Flair. I've never met Ric Flair in my entire life, but I want to meet him. I, I saw him wrestle. Yeah, I, I, saw, I was going to say. I saw Ric I've never met I him either. I saw Ric Flair wrestle Goldberg, and I saw Ric Flair wrestle Triple H. Yeah, we, we, he, was, uh, he wrestled Triple H in a match when uh, at a Raw we went to. Yeah, it was like a street fight, mm-hmm. and I saw that. But I went to meet Ric Flair, and I want to say, hey, Ric Flair, I want to drink a fucking kamikaze with you. You're the coolest human being that's ever lived, Ric Flair. Because you are <laughs> the greatest motherfucker that has ever existed in the entire existence of motherfuckers. Road Warrior, Big Bird Hawk. <laughs> He's so proud of that he's, joke. That that just he, sticks out to me. I don't know why. It just always sticks out to me. That Road Warrior and our bird hawk like thing. That joke. Yeah, he did. <laughs> That's a great joke. But <laughs> like Ric Flair is the best. With a tear in my eye. Like That's wasn't so that I mean, I know it's not the eighties. I know it's not the eighties. But for kids that was watching. Rick I mean, Blair winning the WWF championship. Is that not one of the coolest moments in wrestling history for an '80s '90s kid? Like, and it's great because it's Ric Flair, Bobby Heenan, Mean Gene, Mean Gene, and Mister Fucking Perfect. Mm-hmm. Put that cigarette like, out. This is <laughs> this is the greatest goddamn collection of fucking talent <laughs> in the history of the world because. Now that you look at it, guess who was behind the camera? Vince fucking McMahon, mm-hmm. who is on none of our lists, but should have been the greatest goddamn character and the greatest goddamn person of the 1980s. Right? Well, I mean, and if I'm talking behind the scenes, obviously. But... We just said, who's the best person in the fucking 1980s? The best person in the fucking 1980s is Vince McMahon. Because without Vince McMahon, none of this shit would have happened. So that's what I'm going to say. Scratch Ric Flair off my list. (laughs) Oh, God. Ultimate Warrior (laughs) off my list. Scratch fucking Hulk Hogan off my list. Fucking Sergeant Slaughter off your list. It's fucking Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is the ultimate of the 1980s. Stand back. It's Vince McMahon. That's a fact. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And do you know what's interesting about Mm -hmm. Stand Back? What? Do you remember the shitty Nintendo WrestleMania game? Yes. When you played as Andre the Giant. Yeah, Stand Back was his theme. theme. Mm-hmm. It's McMahon supposedly wanted Stand Back to be Andre the Giant's theme when he came out. <laughs> Instead, they went with no music. Which I think was best for Andre. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to cast a movie. We're going to cast the upcoming Hulk Hogan biopic movie that's coming apparently to Netflix. And um, 
We are not going to cast Mr. Hogan, obviously, because he's already been cast. Now, did you do like I did? Did you only pick people that were alive? Or did you go? I don't know. Any dead people? I know this. <laughs> I The reason this came up was because I picked two people that I was going to cast in this movie and on a on a Facebook page, and everybody was like, this is amazing, and that's what brought it up. And um, what I did you see what I posted? Yes, I did. Okay, what you I posted... You can tell our listeners, though. What I posted was that if you were going to make a Hulk Hogan biopic, that Dog the Bounty Hunter should play Diamond Alice Page, and that his wife, Beth, should play... Brian Nobbs. I'm just and some guy was like, oh my god, Aaron Maxson should cast every movie ever ever made. <laughs> I was like, well, let's try this. So anyway. So I guess my thing is, did you go did you go comedic with yours? Here I find out. Okay. Because I didn't. I actually thought about this. <laughs> But anyway, we're going to take a break because your host has to pee. And when we return, we'll be back with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast right after this. All right, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate and Aaron here with you, and now we are going to discuss our next topic for the evening's show. There's a new Hulk Hogan movie apparently in production for Netflix. That's a whole different bag of <laughs> bag of worms there. For Netflix, and uh, they have cast Chris Hemsworth as Hulk Hogan apparently. So we decided that we would have some fun and cast... The rest of the characters in the movie, or some of the rest of the characters in the movie. And um, I selected six for Aaron to cast, and he selected six for me to cast. So I will be casting Eric Bischoff, Bobby Heenan, Paul Orndorff, The Ultimate Warrior, Bret Hart, and Randy Savage. And you will be casting... Rick Flair, Jimmy Hart, Jimmy Snuka, Brutus Beefcake... The Junkyard Dog, and Vince McMahon. All right. So who's going first? You can go first. All right. So I'm going to go first, and I guess I'll go. I'll just go for the jugular, Eric Bischoff. And I actually could not decide between two actors to play Eric Bischoff. So I'm going to let you tell me which one you think is the best out of these two that I picked. I picked either... To play Eric Bischoff in this movie, Jeffrey Dean Morgan or Mark Ruffalo? (laughs) (laughs) Mark Ruffalo played the Hulk, right? Yes. Then we're going to go Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Okay. See, I, I thought Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I was leaning toward him because he has more of the, the... Because he, he, yes, he could convey the attitude, and he has a little bit more of like Bischoff's kind of features. But then 
the reason I picked Ruffalo is he has he may not have the like a he has curly hair. Well, and he also no he also could play if you're going to depending on when you're setting when he appears in the movie, he would be a better chubby Bischoff. Whereas Jeffrey Dean Morgan would be a better younger, like early nineties Bischoff, like when he first got with Hulk Hogan. So either way, but yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I definitely picked him because of his ability to kind of play a douchebag asshole. So there you go. I think he's right. I think he's a good pick. He is. So your first one? Oh well. Or, well, do, or do you want to do these uh, just straight? We just do our list. Yeah, do your list. Bobby Heenan was a hard one for me to cast. I actually spent a lot of time with this because, like I told you, I didn't, um, I didn't do anybody that had passed away. I, I stuck with with um, living actors because <laughs> because to be honest. What is this thing doing? Sorry, I'm looking at our recording software here, and it's giving me an issue. And we're good, I think. So here, yeah. If I had to pick, like, if since I left out dead people, because if it would have been, if I would have been able to pick anybody in my mind, can I say who I if he was? Dead person. Yes. That I would have who, the, who, who the dead guy was? Go ahead, take a guess. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Because wow. Philip Seymour. Seymour. <laughs> oh my. Philip Seymour Hoffman would have been the perfect Bobby Heenan. I don't know why. Just that's just who I. But if I'm picking living people, I had to pick someone who is a bit chubby, but has a sharp wit and could be a good comedic actor. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Actually, I didn't pick Gaffigan, but he'd be a great pick for Bobby Heenan. Actually, yes, this is a better. Is this, this is yes, this is a better pick than I had. That's Jim Gaffigan's perfect. Sorry, because <laughs> I picked you would. He would obviously have to grow his hair out a little bit, dye it blonde. But the guy that I picked to play Bobby Heenan was actually Kevin James. <laughs> but Gaffigan's great. I love Gaffigan as Heenan. That's a good pick. <laughs> I got a little hammered and I just thought of that. Jim Gaffigan's Bobby Heenan. <laughs> the next one I had was Mr. Wonderful, <laughs> Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. So obviously I had to pick someone who's a good actor and is also very physically imposing. So actually, and I would pick Tom Hardy to play. Paul Orndorff. <laughs> All right. Ultimate Warrior. This one was tough, too, because, like, I don't know. Well, first of all, the problem is every muscle head, because you'd have to pick a muscle head to play Warrior, right? Yeah. And every muscle head actor on the planet now has... They have, they're all fucking tatted up. They got sleeves and blah, blah, blah. So you'd probably have to play some makeup tricks to have these guys play them. But the way, the way that Hollywood makes wrestling movies, fuck it. They just have Warrior all tatted up. They wouldn't care. You've thought too much about this. I know. But actually, I would pick 
I would. Do you, you know who Jason Momoa is, right? Is he the guy that played Aquaman? Aquaman. Aquaman. Yes. Yeah. I would. I would actually shave him in his face and have him play the Ultimate Warrior. You know, if you're gonna find the biggest yeah. jacked up guy that you can find, that would be my pick to play Mr. Jim Helwig. Jojo Momo or whatever his yes. name is. Jason Momoa. Momoa. And I actually cast, I had to cast a wrestler in this movie. Um, so, to play the part of Brett the Hitman Hart, because if you look at him, skin tone, facial features, voice, um, movement, everything, I think that he could play Bret Hart hands mm-hmm. down, in a heartbeat, no problem. Seth no, no, but he was actually, he was actually one I considered. But I think one that would be better at playing Bret Hart and more natural at playing Bret Hart would be Teddy Hart. And his cat could play Jim. <laughs> yeah. yeah, baby. But yeah, I picked Teddy, Teddy Hart to play Bret the Hitman Hart in the movie. And actually, Bret would probably have a minor role anyway, so Teddy could pull it off. Um, All right. And then the last guy that I picked would be to play Randy Savage. And this one was actually based on not only his acting ability, because he's actually pretty decent at playing kind of a crazy guy, (laughs) but also his appearance, because I think he looks like... (laughs) Okay. He looks (laughs) like a shaved Randy Savage, okay? Like, if you shaved Randy Savage's beard, I think this guy actually could could pull off Randy Savage like if you put a beard on him do you know who the actor Bobby Cannavale is nope I'm trying to think of okay have you ever seen Ant-Man no mm. he plays but Pat... I did think of a funny thing look, look, up, look up Bobby Cannavale like on IMDB or something Alright, give me a second. And you can tell me so if I'm I was, wrong. I, I was he, also, he, he was also on Boardwalk Empire. He played Jip, Ros- Jip Rossetti on Boardwalk Empire. I like Boardwalk Empire, but this guy's name is Bobby Buscelli. Bobby Cannavelli. C-A-N-N-A-V-A-L-E. Bobby Cannavale. Mm-hmm. I think he would. Yeah, like when you like s- he got. He's the guy that got murdered. Like, yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. All right. I think that guy would be a good Randy Savage. What do you think? Uh, yeah. He'd be all right. So that's it. That's my list. I got. Okay. I got uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Bischoff. Kevin James slash Jim Gaffigan as Bobby Heenan. Jim, yeah, just get rid of fucking, fucking... Kevin James can play fucking Dusty Rhodes or the boss, man. Just get rid of him. Tom Hardy is Mr. Wonderful. Oh, Kevin James could play boss, man. He was Paul he Blart. Was Paul Blart. The big Blart man. Yeah, big Blart man. Uh, Aquaman is Warrior. Teddy Hart and Teddy Hart as Bret Hart and Bobby Cannavale 
as Randy Macho Man Savage. So there you go. All right. I can't wait. Because <laughs> I you think remember I, the six I think people you gave me. It just go through it. I know I gave you some good ones because I thought about that shit before I sent it to you. <laughs> and you don't remember who you gave me? Yes, JYD, Snooka, Beefcake, um, Vince, Piper. Right? Yeah, give me Piper. Oh, Jimmy Hart. You gave me Vince McMahon. Yep. JYD. Yep. Brutus Beefcake. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Snuka, Jimmy Hart, and Ric Flair. All right. <coughs> Do it to so, it. Tell me which one you want first. Start with JYD. JYD in the Hulk Hogan movie would be played by Carl Weathers. No, so you did go with dead people. <laughs> Carl Weathers isn't dead. I know. <laughs> really, you going to go with a guy that old, though? Yeah. Carl Weathers as JYD. He's got the facial features, put a little fro on him. You're good to go. You know, I can see it. And you can do a lot. Like like I said with the tattoos earlier, you can do a lot with CGI nowadays, too. You could take some eight. That that would be my only thing is just, I mean, he's older now, so he would be, uh, you'd have to, you'd have to do some shit with makeup or CGI or something, but I could definitely see him playing the role. Hey, black don't crack, brother. (laughs) JYD is played by Carl Weathers. Who you got next? Beefcake. Beefcake? If you take Brutus Beefcake by what he looked like in the 80s and you put the wig on this person and kind of look of him Mm -hmm. from his movies Lethal Weapon, I would would cast Mel Gibson as (laughs) Brutus Beefcake. (laughs) 80s Mel Gibson, yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Put the fucking wig on him, man. I can see it. <laughs> All right. But we should vis- have Danny Glover as JYD then. No. This shit is visual <laughs> as fuck. So Carl Weathers is JYD. Mel Gibson is Bruce Beefcake. Jimmy Hart. Who's the next... Jimmy Hart? Yes. William H. Macy. I can see it. You know who I would have cast as Jimmy Hart? Who? Steve Buscemi. Eh. William H. Macy's William, a poor William man's. <laughs> poor man Steve Buscemi. <laughs> no, yeah. he's, no, he's not. He's a great actor. But anyway, no, I can, I can see. It's shameless. Like, yeah. Fucking... <laughs> I can Goddamn see William H. Macy's Jimmy Hart, man. <laughs> Next. Who's playing Superfly Jimmy Snooker? Tamina Snooker? Oh. <laughs> the Rock. Really? The Wake Johnson. Yeah. That was my that was my 
like fucking <clears throat> layup. It's just the, <laughs> the Dwayne Johnson. The Dwayne Johnson the is Dwayne playing Johnson. Jimmy Snuka. Actually, if we were actually making the movie, we'd probably just have Dwayne Johnson play his father. But, or play himself later in Hulk Hogan's career. Dwayne Johnson's playing Jimmy Snuka. All right. I'd cast Tamina Snuka as her father. That's gross. (laughs) So your last, or no, your last two. All right. Yeah. Ric Flair. I'm Bradley Cooper. Damn, that's spot on. Because that's exactly who I thought when I thought of who I would cast as Ric Flair was Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper could play fucking Ric Flair. Yes, he Am could. I wrong? You, no, no, you're not. And you know what's funny? I actually... and this I is... want to hate Bradley Cooper. No, like, I like Bradley Cooper. I, I know. <laughs> and I like Bradley Cooper. But I want to fucking hate him. <laughs> like... The only thing I've seen Bradley Cooper in that I'm like, I'm not watching that is that Stars Born movie mm-hmm. because Lady Gaga's in it and it's a remake. And it's like, ah, I'm not going to watch that because I fucking hate musicals. But anything else that guy does, it's like, I'm going to fucking hate you, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, he's I want to hope. He's an amazing I hope... actor. Huh? He's an amazing actor. Yeah, it's like, I want to hope you die in a bathtub. <laughs> but I after I watch your movie, I'm like, eh, you're all right. He's like, he's like the the new millennium, like fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. Like I wanted to hate Leonardo DiCaprio after fucking Titanic and fucking and then, Romeo and Juliet. But like after those movies, everything he made was great. Yeah. You know, it's and funny. That's feel about Bradley Cooper. It's funny because you said Bradley Cooper, and I don't know why it reminded me of this. But, you know, I cast uh, Aquaman as the warrior, okay? And the the main reason I cast him as the warrior was because of his, his physical appearance. You know, because Warrior, I mean, Warrior was, I mean, let's be honest, the most roided up wrestler ever, okay? Other than Kerry Von Eric. The, yeah, the most apparently roided up wrestler ever. So that's why I picked that guy. But you know, like as far as personality and being able to play a crazy fuck like the warrior was, my actual original pick for warrior was Christian Bale. And because he's so good at playing like an off the wall, you know what I'm saying? Like an off the wall, crazy fucking guy. But I came back to that, that other guy just because warrior needs to be, I mean, he needs to look like he's on steroids. I don't know. I just think, anyway. <laughs> it would be like, uh, uh, who's going to play Herb Abrams? <laughs> uh, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he looks like he did cocaine with 17 hookers yeah. and probably has hepatitis. Yeah. Um. So th- I think the next person, I think you and I would cast the same guy because I think we've talked about it before. The same guy as Vince McMahon. Do you know who I would have played Vince McMahon? Yes, I think I do. But I want you John to John Ham. Me too. <laughs> the minute I John saw the minute I McMahon. saw John Ham, I thought that guy should play Vince McMahon in a movie. Yep. John Ham should play Vince McMahon. Absolutely. 
Like they're saying, there's if they ever say we're gonna make a Vince McMahon movie and they don't cast John Hamm as Vince McMahon or at least try to get him to play Vince McMahon, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it if they don't. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) them. John Hamm is Vince McMahon. Well, there we go. So if you want to just recap your cast there for our listeners. I don't remember what just happened. <laughs> I said if you want to recap, for... recap your cast for our listeners. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, Vince McMahon as played by John Hamm. The JYD was played by Carl Weathers. Brutus Beefcake was played by Mel Gibson. Jimmy Snuka was played by The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Jimmy Hart was William H. Macy. And Ric Flair was Bradley Cooper. And there you have it. DDP was played by (laughs) Dog Dog the Bounty Hunter. And Brian Nobbs was played by Beth the Bounty uh, Hunter. Beth the Dog the Bounty Hunter. And <laughs> Jerry Sags was played by Roseanne Barr. Oof. <laughs> and on that note, we have now cast the Hulk Hogan movie for Netflix, so we'll be expecting our royalty check once the movie airs. And after that, and Linda McMahon was played by Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> they have the same haircut. Well, I was oh, about to say, no, if, if, if you're going to have anybody play Ellen DeGeneres in the movie, you could have Justin Bieber play Ellen DeGeneres. Hulk Hogan goes on DeGeneres, but DeGeneres is playing Linda McMahon, so we'll have Justin Bieber play Ellen DeGeneres. Anyway. Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres died. No. Yeah. We've she drowned to death. <laughs> we we've gone down a wormhole we can never return from. <laughs> she was found face down in Ricky Lake. <laughs> Woo! Damn, that is a, an obscure nineties reference. Ricky Lake. <laughs> I haven't thought about Ricky Lake since ninety nine. <laughs> All right, that being said, unless you have anything else for our listeners. I grew up in a love shack. And that love shack was on Electric Avenue. And Electric Avenue is located in Funky Town. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you gotta edit this shit out. <laughs> we we, we want to remind our listeners to like and share our Facebook page. Like I said, right now there's a contest going on. You can win that that Al Snow vinyl figure if you like. All you, all you have to bullshit. do, all you have to do, is like and share our Facebook page to win that. That is not all you have to do because I did that. You also can't. You also no. can't. You also can't host the program. 
or co-host. The I don't host the program. You can't. Be, <laughs> you can't be I on the program and win the goddamn thing. I thought I was on George Nori coast to coast. <laughs> I'm not on coast to coast with George Nori. No, god damn it. <laughs> also, by the way, friend of the show, Jerry Gray, is uh, currently battling stage four cancer. Jerry, a great journeyman professional wrestler from the 1980s. And uh, we will post again this week his uh, GoFundMe page. Um, help Jerry out with any any monies that you can. Um, I know things are pretty, pretty rough for him right now. So we just want you to encourage you to donate to Jerry Gray anything you can, no matter how much it is. He really appreciates it um, to help him out with his battle with stage four cancer. And also, fuck Jake Roberts. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Situation. I think that's it. I think that's all the plugs. I mean, other than that, we're going to see you. I mean, I guess the next show we'll do the top 10 wrestlers of the 90s, since we did the 80s this week. Next week we'll do the top 10 wrestlers of the 1990s. And then um, how about those top 10 underrated comedy TV shows of all time? Or top five, I'm sorry. Underrated comedy TV shows of all time. What? Yeah, what? (laughs) Huh? Top five so under. Having, I took my sock off and <laughs> some crazy shit happened. Top five underrated comedies of all time. Drip into Al Jolson. You ain't heard nothing. You want to hear Tootsie? Tut, tut, All right, hold on, hold on. And we do want to thank everybody, Tootsie. Tut, for joining us. Basically the same person. What? You're basically the same person. Goodbye. Woo. Don't cry. Look out. The little choo-choo train. That takes me. And we want to thank you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And we will see you next week. If you don't get a letter, you'll know I'm in jail. Don't cry, Tootsie, don't cry. Excuse me, Tootsie.